What's up, guys? This is Alexander Juan Antonio Cortez. This is the Art of Health podcast. So, hot topic today that I want to dive into since I'm excited about, but just a few things to say thank you for, for everyone that's left a review on iTunes. Hugely, hugely grateful. That really helps boost the show and increases the listenership. And for the people that have supported the podcast on Patreon, massively thankful for you guys as well. I think this will be the first podcast now that I'll be able to create a transcript out of. And then also, hopefully, it looks like we'll might maybe have enough content to put this to an, into a book or a short ebook, just because of the level of questions and level of interest and the breadth of material. And that's that's supported by you guys. So if you want to support the art of health on Patreon, I'll include it in the show notes. And you can go to Patreon as well. Alexander Juan Antonio Cortez, Art of Health. Pledge, make a donation there. And big thank you for you guys that have done that. So topic at hand is fasting. And we're going to talk about fasting and intermittent fasting. And, and, and let's clarify this because I don't want to have to switch back and forth between the two. So fasting as a concept, it simply refers to going periods of time without eating. And I'd like to point out before saying anything else, fasting does not mean starvation. If you are living in a Western country right now and you are normal body fat, or even if you're not, even if you're lower body fat and you're lean, if you live in a Western nation and you live in a food abundant area, you are very, very, very far away from starving. Starvation, true physiological starvation, refers to being completely macronutrient deprived for longer periods of time. And again, the average Westerner is just not anywhere close to being in the state. If you were to, you know, fast for a week plus, yeah, you'd kind of start to, you'd start to starve, but otherwise it's not a concern at all. So, you know, when I'm talking about fasting, don't think in your head that, oh, I'm starving myself to lose weight. No, fasting is just an abstinence from food. It's abstaining from food for a set period of time. With fasting and intermittent fasting as well, these are kind of two mixed up definitions. So intermittent fasting can refer to, it refers to two things. It can refer to shorter fasts of, let's say, less than 24 hours, like 16 hours or 20 hour fasts. It can also refer to intermittently fasting where you fast only occasionally. Again, it's in the name, intermittent. It's not every day. So an intermittent fast can refer to fasting one day a week. It could be fasting two days a week. So it's got multiple definitions. For the sake of clarity, I'm just going to refer to fasting as fasting. And I'll specify if I'm talking about the time frame, but otherwise, again, don't think when I say fasting that I mean a week, or if I say intermittent, that means 24 hours. Fasting as a whole, again, it's just food abstinence. Intermittent fasting means you fast not all the time. So fasting, that's the term we're going to use. So to get to the benefits of fasting, I'll talk about the benefits first, and then hopefully that will help to clarify some of the questions, and I'll answer the questions at the end. So is there evidence for fasting? Fasting has become increasingly popular over the years, especially in the health community, obviously. A lot of health practitioners, a lot of physicians, a lot of doctors, they're very hesitant to recommend fastings, to recommend fasting as a, you know, as, as a strategy for weight control or weight loss. That said, you know, despite there being the stigma, it doesn't uh, dismiss the very, very apparent and scientifically proven benefits. So what are the benefits? What are the benefits to fasting? Number one, fasting helps weight loss, fat loss. So fasting is a very safe way truly to lose weight and the research is very, very clear that fasting for periods of time, whether it be 16, 20, 24 hours, this helps the body burn more body fat. It helps the body to regulate appetite. It taps into stored body fat. It's a very, very direct way to create a calorie deficit. What's the easiest way to lose weight? You don't eat. How can you, you know, lose weight without having to do anything you know, extra? Don't eat for 24 hours. Don't eat for 20 hours. That creates a calorie deficit right there. So intermittent fasting or regular fasting, you know, in regards to, well, what about if it's 16 hours or 20 hours, 24, you know, anytime you're fasting past about the 16 hour mark, guys, you're going to get the benefits of fasting. Some of the benefits peak the longer you fast. So 
a 24 to 36 hour fast, for example, you'll have greater release of growth hormone than a 16, 16 hour fast. But overall, let's just, let's just set fasting as being anything from 16 hours on. If you're fasting, then you're going to be metabolizing body fat as a fuel source that helps you lose body fat. Yeah, obviously, you lose body fat, you lose weight. So that's very clear cut. That's benefit number one. Number two, fasting improves insulin sensitivity. So if you're someone where you are overweight or you know that you have the genes to be overweight or you've struggled with your weight in regards to you just one of those people that stores fat easily, fasting can definitely, definitely improve your insulin sensitivity, which improves your body's ability to use carbohydrates for fuel. It improves your body's insulin uh, release in regards to so the way insulin works, the, the more insulin that you release in your body in response to food, the worse your insulin sensitivity is. So ideally, you eat something and you don't have this big, massive increase of this you know, hormone insulin. Insulin causes energy. Insulin causes fat storage to happen because it pushes fatty acids into fat cells. Insulin also helps you build muscle mass too. So I don't think insulin is completely bad. But overall, you don't want insulin to be spiking where, you know, for someone, let's say someone that has metabolic syndrome and is overweight, they'll eat a meal and they'll have this massively disproportionate insulin response compared to normal, and they store fat very easily. So if you're someone where you've struggled with insulin sensitivity, fasting can be a huge, huge, hugely effective way to improve insulin sensitivity and, you know, help you essentially be leaner. And there's a book about that called The Obesity Code by uh, Dr. I want to say Jason Fong. Jason Fung. Again, I'll link to it in the show notes. I'll link to it in the article. But you know, if you're really interested in how fasting can help with obesity specifically, definitely recommend that book. So that's number two. Number three, fasting actually speeds up your metabolism, believe it or not. So the idea, again, this contradicts the idea that, oh my God, you're starving yourself and your metabolism's going to slow down. No, actually metabolism can speed up when you're fasting. You know, because you're not digesting food, which digesting food takes energy, actually. You, you burn calories from digestion. So, you know, when you eat something, let's say, like, whatever, chicken, fish, and veggies, you know, that's kind of a weird meal, but whatever. Let's say this chicken and veggies, you eat food, it takes energy to release energy. So when you don't eat anything at all, and you're, you know, your stomach's empty, that's energy that's not that your body doesn't have to expend on digestion. And over the course of, let's say, 24 hours, your energy levels can be completely normal. Or you can even be, some people, this is very, very common, people will notice that they actually are more energized when they, when they fast. So you actually have more energy when you're not eating. You know, and then on top of this, you also get this uh, you know, number four effect of fasting. Fasting helps you to be aware of your digestion. So fasting, number four, fasting improves digestion. When you fast for 24 hours, let's say, and then you have your first meal, you're very acutely aware of how your body handles food. So if you're someone where you know that your digestion is poor, fasting can help you determine what foods are, you know, good and bad for your digestive system. And I mean, that's a, that's a big benefit, you know, not digesting food well or having indigestion, having poor bowel function, that affects a lot of aspects of health, guys. I mean, I, I, that could be a pocket unto itself. Like, how does digestion affect your health? If your digestion is lousy, fasting is a way to auto-regulate your digestion and to assess your digestion and to make better food choices. So that's you know, we have you know, so number three, fasting piece of metabolism. Number four, fasting can improve digestion. Number five benefit, uh, longevity. So there's a lot of research again that fasting. This is on, on both. Rats and, and humans, There's, you know, this is a big body of research. Fasting and going through periods of under-eating promotes a longer lifespan. It actually affects genes in the body. So this is epigenetics. I mean, epigenetics refers to genes that can be affected by external stimulus. So your genetic code is not fixed. It's not like your genes are set. A lot of your genes can be turned on or off by different stimuluses. Fasting essentially turns on the genes, so to speak, for a longer lifespan. I, I'm oversimplifying. If you look at the research, that's what the research essentially is saying, that fasting has a positive effect on longevity through these genetic markers. And longer you live, I mean, hey, that's who doesn't want to live a long time? Yeah, one of the primary effects of 
you know, of aging of itself is that you know it's slow. You know, aging slows down your metabolism. You know, and, and a younger person, obviously, the younger you are, the faster your metabolism is. That's why teenagers can go through so much food. They're so you know, teenagers can be both sleepy and high energy. You know, anyone that's had teenager knows this. Your kid can be all over the place. Your kid, your kid can be crashing. But you know, the, the overall point the, that the younger your body is, the healthier your body is, the faster, more efficient your metabolism is. So fasting, you know. It promotes longevity genetically, epigenetically. It promotes longevity through, you know, when you undereat, it actually spares your body the taxation of digestion. So, you know, overeating, there's a reason why obese people don't live very long. Overeating and eating in general, you need to do it, obviously, you need to eat, but it also puts a toll upon the body in regards to aging it. So, when you don't eat for periods of time, that actually, like I just said, it increases longevity through these various mechanisms. Number six, fasting improves appetite and hunger control. So think about this. Say that you're getting hungry. I am so hungry. And you haven't eaten in four hours. You're not experiencing hunger. I mean, you're experiencing hunger hormonally, yes. But you're not experiencing a real calorie deprivation for food. So truly being hungry in regards to your body needs nutrients. That generally that, that feeling really doesn't arise to around like a 12, even 24-hour mark. What most people feel when they get hungry, it's just the habitualization of eating schedule. Your blood sugar is kind of low. Your body wants calories. So, oh, my God, I have to have something. Y- yes, you're hungry, and obviously your hormones are telling you to eat, but Based upon research, based upon not even well, based upon not even research, but based upon biological function, true hunger in regards to being calorie deficient does not really happen until about twenty four hours to thirty six hours, or even forty eight hours. What most people experience is hunger is just your it's your body trying to maintain its homeostasis of just calories in, calories out. So, and and with that said, we also that we also know that obese individuals, so people that are overweight, people that are obese. Part of the reason why they're overweight and obese is that their hunger hormones are all out of whack. So their body will tell you know their, their body will tell itself it's hungry when it's not. For someone so obese, their brain will receive hormone signals to keep eating even though they are at capacity for calorie intake. And even for people that are not obese, this can still happen in people where you know let's say you get unreasonably hungry all of a sudden and you ate three hours ago. Is is that because your body's deprived? No. It's just your brain deciding, I want food right now because my blood sugar dropped a little bit. Eat, 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 eat. And, you know, for women that, you know, experience, you know, <laughs> experience a period, if you're a woman, you've had a period, obviously, it's very common for women that, oh, my God, I get so hungry that, you know, for these three or four days, right? The week, of my, the week of my menstruate, I'm starving and I just want to keep eating carbs. That's, again, that's not your body being in a deprivation state. It's just your body, it's kind of your body screwing with itself, so to speak, where it's telling you you're hungry when you really probably don't need to eat an excessive amount of food. The same thing can even happen with a pregnant women. You know, pregnant women need on average like three, I think I want to say it's about 300 to 400 calories extra a day at most. But what happens for a lot of pregnant women, they gain excessive weight during the pregnancy because they're told, you know, you're eating for two, I'm eating for two. So they double their calorie intake and then they gain just excessive body fat while they're pregnant. And the reality is, is that they did not need to gain that weight. It's just they're sort of giving into their hunger hormones and they're giving into the social environment that says, yes, stuff your face when you're pregnant. And that's also unhealthy. You can actually be obese from pregnancy, believe it or not. Um, don't want to go down that tangent. So that's a different topic almost, but understand that, you know, fasting and hunger, fasting improves the functionality of your hunger hormones. It keeps them more consistent. It makes your appetite more regular and it you know helps you eat less, helps you control appetite. So that was number six. Uh, number seven, so with the improvement in hunger hormones, fasting can improve your overall eating patterns. So when you're fasting and you're fasting for you know 16 or 24 hours, you psychologically learn that it's okay for you to go without food. And there's been research done with people that binge eat and who are bulimic, and, and they find that fasting actually can be part of a treatment method since it helps them restore the relationship with eating. Not saying it's going to fix bulimia, but it's, it's part of an overall therapeutic strategy. And even for the regular person, if you're someone where you binge eat a lot because 
you know, you don't manage your time effectively, you don't manage your, your meal frequency. Fasting can be an easy way for you to, for to fasting can be an easy way for you to lose fat, for you to correct your hormonal imbalances, so to speak, with your hunger patterns, and it can psychologically be persuasive in making you realize that you can go periods of time without eating. You don't need to binge eat. You can set and establish times when you allow yourself to eat. So your overall eating patterns improve when you fast. That was number about seven. We're at eight now, and this is number eight. So fasting, cool effect. Fasting actually improves brain functionality. So there's this protein called BDNF, okay, brain-derived neurotropic factor, neurotrophic factor. And this particular protein, it actually stimulates the brain stem. It stimulates your, you know, the, your sort of you know, cerebral cortex. It stimulates your brain to convert new, convert new neurons or to produce new neurons would be you know, the more understandable phrase. So this BDNF protein that is increased while fasting, it stimulates your brain to actually you know, make more, you know, more brain cells make new brain tissue. It stimulates the production of gray matter. It also stimulates this these cascade this cascade effect where your brain will actually clean itself out. So your brain, whether you realize it or not, when you sleep, when you're at rest, your brain is always in the state of self repair. It's also it's, your brain's always you know, like I just said. It's, it's your brain's in a custodian zone when you're asleep. Your brain's in a custodian zone, even when you're you know, awake and you're just sort of just relaxing. Fasting has these neuroprotective effects where it stimulates this production of protein, this neurotrophic factor. Where it causes you know increased brain repair, it causes the production of new you know neurons and synapses. So that's pretty cool. So fasting actually improves your cognitive function. Yeah, no, who would have thought? Number nine now. So along with improving cognitive function, fasting improves immune system function. So again, the, the, the benefits from not eating it sounds counterintuitive, but eating is stressful in the body. When you don't eat, you reduce free radical damage, you reduce regulation. So fasting actually helps st- you know, stave off infl- inflammation. Fasting, too, can even starve cancer cells. It's actually you know, protective against cancer. It's anti-cancer. Part of the reason why chemo is effective, you know, fun fact for you guys, so, you know, why does chemotherapy work? Chemo, aside from the drugs going through your body to try and kill you know, these uh, malignant cells or these you know, malevolent cells, Chemo actually forces people to fast. They don't eat anything while they're in chemo. You can't. You know, it's one of the unfortunate side effects of chemo is it kills off your healthy gut bacteria. But the fasting effect from chemo, that is shown to have an extremely powerful effect on killing cancer. Cancer cells can't grow when you don't have any you know, food in your body, so to speak. You know, there's a reason, too, as well. In nature, it's very common that when animals become ill, they won't eat. How come you're not eating? How come your your dog or your cat when it's sick doesn't want to eat? Because there's this primal mechanism that recovery is facilitated by fasting. There's a primal, you know, let me try to say that better. There's a primal instinct to reduce stress internally so you your body can fight off illness, can fight off infection. What's the most direct way to Eliminate stress. Don't eat. When you don't eat, like I just said, no free radical damage. Inflammation goes down. There's no energy going towards digestion. If you're sick, if you you know ate something bad for you, fasting is the easiest way to allow your body to clean itself out. So yeah, you know, and humans are interesting in that we're we're very socially trained that when we're sick, we think, oh, we gotta eat, we have to eat. Think about when you're sick though. What's the one thing you usually don't want to do? You don't feel like eating. And that's not a bad thing. That's your body trying to heal itself by telling you, don't stress me out anymore. Don't eat any food. Just let me take care of this on my own. I can handle it. So, you know, that yeah, that, that misguided thing where, well, you know, if you're sick, oh, you know, you got to eat food to keep your strength up. I, unless you're really talking about an illness that's going to cause muscle wasting, sarcopenia, and maybe you're, you know, hospitalized or, you're, you know, you're sick for weeks. That's not the case. If you got a cold or a flu and you don't feel like eating, don't eat. You don't need to eat. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying do not eat anything, but you don't need to eat. It's entirely normal to lose your appetite when you're sick. That's that's your immune system doing what it's supposed to be doing. So that was number nine. Number ten benefits to fasting: self awareness and what you could say is 
self-enlightenment. So fasting, it disconnects you from the distraction of food, disconnects you from food temporarily. And this gives you more mental space, more mental freedom, more mental energy to put towards other things. Reading, friends, family, you know, meditation, you know, if you're someone that does yoga, if you're someone that practices, practices a skill or an art form, fasting is a way to eliminate distraction from your life for a brief period of time. You, you know, people don't realize how much of their life is structured around food. We don't eat for a day at all. You will have way more time than you realize. You'll have way more mental capacity than you realize. So there's, you know, when your mind feels lighter and when your body feels lighter as well, or something in your body, there's a state of mental clarity that is very real to people. And anyone that has fasted regularly will tell you that, that when they hit a certain point of, let's say, maybe 16 hours or 24 hours, they have a sense of like almost mental like freedom. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say that you're enlightened and you've transcended reality, but there's definitely powerful reasons why fasting is a part of so many different martial arts and why fasting is a part of every religion and why fasting is part of meditation. Fasting has very powerful physiological effects. You know, we've just talked about, we know that it improves the immune system, it improves cognitive function, it helps you, you know, lose body fat, it improves insulin sensitivity, it improves you know, cellular repair. So Fasting, you know, the, fasting, the physiological effects, they add up and they help to create this overall qualitative sense of well-being. So, you know, if you're looking for something to free your mind, so to speak, fasting can be an avenue to do that. That was number 10. Um, I should probably end it with that. But, you know, there's, but there's one more, you know, a few more benefits I want to talk about. Number 11, the benefit of fasting. Fasting actually can help with skin health. How does that work? Again, it just goes back to not eating. When your body doesn't have to eat food, it has energy to just do other things. Same, same way that fasting can help immune system function. So fasting, interestingly enough, there's been research that shows that fasting for periods of time helps improve skin health. Again, who would have thought? You know, it's just one of those odd, um, you know, I mean, not odd, but it's just one of those just uncommon side effects. Uh, you know, so like some of the side, some of the uh, side effects, some of the positive effects of fasting for skin health, um, it can help clear up eczema. It can help with acne. Yeah, it can help um, with dandruff, even. Yeah, you know, weirdly enough. So you know, hair, skin, nails. You know, really. And, and these, I, I would assume. You know, I'm, I'm taking a, some suppositions here. I would assume that these positive effects again go back to the overall systemic effects that fasting has. And then, you know, in addition to, you know, the skin, hair, and nail effects of fasting, where it can help these skin conditions, these, you know, um, you know how would you say, like these irritation conditions or these infl- inflammation conditions. Since, you know, things like eczema and dandruff and, you know, and, and zits and having acne, those are symptoms of inflammation, you know, in, in actuality. It's not just, oh, my skin broke out. It's that your skin is irritated and inflamed by something and your body's trying to get rid of it. So fasting can help with that so that's number 11 uh, number 12 you know part of the detoxification effect on, on fasting number 12 benefit would be fasting improves liver and kidney function again this research has very much demonstrated this that your liver and your kidneys their functionality and efficiency increase when the body's in a fasted state and those are the two organs that help you actually detox those are, those are the legitimate detox organs of the body not a not a juice cleanse not some fucking tea if you want to detox your body liver and kidney function fasting improves the functionality of both those organs more benefits of fasting so this is uh, going on 13 now number 13 benefit of fasting rheumatoid arthritis and lupus again inflammation guys when you don't eat anything your body doesn't have to digest food inflammation across the body goes down if you've ever wondered, like, how come old people sometimes don't like to eat a lot of food? Maybe, and this is another supposition, maybe the loss of appetite with aging comes from the body t- trying to reduce overall inflammation. Since, again, research evidence, fasting improves pain. It alleviates pain from rheumatoid arthritis. It alleviates pain from, from lupus. You know, it's even, it's been shown to, you know, alleviate, you know, blo- you know bloating, uh, joint swelling to, you know, to, contribute to water retention or, you know, alleviate water retention. 
So this anti-inflammation effect of fasting, if I was to make that number of, what, 14 now, fasting is anti-inflammatory. Fasting has this very amazing anti-inflammatory effect on the whole body where it lowers the effects of systemic inflammation across the board. I want to say that's number 14. So fasting improve, fasting is anti-inflammatory. Or fasting improves, uh, you know, f- fasting alleviates systemic inflammation. You can say that a few ways. Number 15, another interesting effect of fasting, and th- this is not necessarily scientific evidence, but there is clinical evidence. Fasting can help in overcoming addictions. So people that are alcoholics or you know, maybe addicted to caffeine or people that are addicted to nicotine or, or even people that are hard drug users, in certain cases, fasting has been shown as part of, of an overall therapy protocol or approach. Fasting has been shown to help contribute to overcoming addiction. Fasting has been shown to help people handle their addictive vices. Fasting has been shown to alleviate the cravings of addiction. So I mean, like I mean, run, run through all these. This is yeah. You know, I don't know if I can even do this from the top at this point, but you know, think about the stuff. So I mean, you got fasting helping with weight loss and you know, and fat loss. You have fasting helping you with insulin sensitivity and how your body handles carbs and sugar. You got fasting speeding up your metabolism. You have fasting promoting longevity. You have fasting improving hunger. You have uh, you know fasting improving. Uh, eating patterns and eating behaviors. You have fasting improving hunger hormones. You have fasting improving brain cognitive function. You have fasting elevating your immune system. You have fasting you know, increasing self-awareness and uh, creating enlightenment and mental clarity. You have fasting contributing to skin health. You have fasting improving liver and kidney function and detoxification. You have fasting relieving Joint painful joint conditions like arthritis and lupus and you know joint swelling, and you have fasting helping you to overcome addiction. You know even in certain cases, fasting does a lot of stuff. Does a lot of things that are beneficial. So if you don't want to fast, totally understand the reluctance to, but you understand you might be missing out on some positive things. So all this said, since we've been talking, I've been talking for a while now. Yeah, I do want to answer your guys' questions since I know you got a whole bunch. So let's run through these. And you know, I'm I'm sure some people are gonna end up asking multiple questions or the same questions, but I want to cover all of them. So first question. First question is from yeah, this gentleman, this is Caleb. So his primary goal, this is an interesting one. So he has two recovery days. He trains five days a week. He uh, takes Wednesday and Sunday off. Would it be beneficial for him to fast? So let's, let's rephrase this. So fasting and muscle gain. Can fasting help with muscle gain? Yes and no. Fasting could help or could interfere. Okay? So this requires context. When you have these questions now, we're going to take some context for these. When you're fasting... You have to keep in mind that you don't want to train intensely and then start immediately start fasting. So with fasting, what can happen is if you're exercising intensely while you're fasting, yes, that can contribute to muscle loss. It can't. It's because if you're doing intense anaerobic activity where you're trying to lift weights or you're doing a lot of cardio while you're doing, let's say, a 24-hour fast, yeah, you're going to end up tapping into body uh, muscle. You're going to end up tapping the lean body mass as a fuel source. You don't want to do that. So if you want to fast and still build muscle mass, your fasting days, if you're going to fast once a week, it has to be a low-activity day. Okay? So if you're talking about fasting and building muscle mass, yes, you can fast in a muscle-massing phase, but understand that you cannot train on that day. You can't do any kind of intense physical activity at all on the days that you fast. So, you know, flat out, don't do a fast and then think, oh, I'm going to work out today. Nope. If you're fasting, no training, period. So hopefully that clears it up for you guys. Uh, question about the meal. What, what should you eat before you start fasting? So this... This comes down to timing, guys. So if you're going to fast, you know, we'll get to that. Like, you know, how do I set it up? Well, you know, let's just talk about it now. If you're going to fast, you have to time this out. You have to plot it out. So it would be a bad way to fast. 
bad way to fast would be to work out, do cardio, and then say, I'm going to start fasting. No, because you're not going to recover properly. You want to have a final meal, so to speak, like a pre-fasting meal, and then you want to start your fast. My suggestion, and I think that there's sort of, there's three ways you could structure this. The first way would be to wake up, eat breakfast. Let's see, you have a big breakfast, may have like a mid-morning snack, and then you start fasting. You know, let's say you fast for 24 hours. So that's like, you know, that's one way to do it. That'd be kind of like a warrior fat, warrior diet is fast. Where let's say you eat for four hours in the morning, you eat from 8 to 12, then you don't eat again until the next day. That's one way to do it. Another way to set up a fast would be to have your pre-workout meal, intra-workout meal, post-workout meal, and then don't eat again until the next day. That's not good for muscle gain, but that would work very well for fat loss. And this, that's just, you know, that's fast. That's doing intermittent fasting every day. That's a 20-40 schedule. That's one way. Another way to fast would be just to have a 24-hour fast once a week. And that's what I often recommend to people. You fast one day a week for 24 hours. That's very effective for fat loss. Very easy to do. The best meal to have before starting a 24-hour fast is a high-protein, high-fat meal. That keeps you very full for a long period of time. And then, of course, you don't eat for 24 hours. Then you break your fast with another meal of some protein, some fat. Do not make the mistake of fasting and then thinking you can eat whatever you want because it's entirely possible you could fast for 24 hours and then completely negate the calorie deficit by just stuffing your face. So, you know, fasting is not an excuse to binge. Fasting is you don't eat for 24 hours and you go back to normal eating. Next question, uh, is fasted cardio beneficial? Yes, fasted cardio. Here's the thing with fasted cardio, guys. You know, doing this refers to doing cardio usually like in the morning, or just maybe you're doing fasted cardio at the you know the end of a fast. Even fasted cardio definitely has benefits in the research. It doesn't support it in the sensibility that does it burn more body fat. Maybe it, that's hard to prove, but there are metabolic benefits to fasted cardio in improving insulin sensitivity, in improving hunger hormones. In improving uh, blood sugar levels, in terms of you know this fasted blood sugar levels, so fasted cardio does have benefits. And if you're doing fasted cardio, again, unless you're you know fasting and then doing cardio and then not eating anything afterwards, it's not going to cut into muscle mass at all. You know, doing fasted cardio in the morning, then you know just having a meal, doing it that way, that's not even fasting. That's just not eating before you exercise. You're fine. You're not going to lose any muscle mass if you're doing it that way. Again, the only way you lose muscle mass from fasting is if you're exercising intensely or doing cardio, and then you don't have anything in your system afterwards for long periods of time. Yeah, that will cut into uh, you know lean body mass. So, more questions. How often should you fast? Well, this depends upon the schedule, guys. So you got multiple options for this. You have you know the sixteen eight method. That's like the the lean gains method. So you eat for eight hours out of the day. You fast for either sixteen. That's one way to do it. And is, was that superior? Don't Stupid question. Don't ask what method is better. Ask what realistically and practically works for you and works for your lifestyle. Because the benefits are going to happen regardless. Okay? I'm not going to say one method is better if it's impossible for you to implement. Every method of fasting can work. It depends on you. So some of, your, some of the methods, 16-8, lean gain style, fast. Okay? That's like the Martin Burkhan method. If you want to go look that one up. And you get all the benefits of fasting from not eating 16 hours out of the day. The other method of fasting, the warrior diet method. Uh, this is Ori Hoffmeckler. He's the guy that popularized this. You only eat four hours out of the day. That can be a lot harder to implement for people. And that, that's not eating. A warrior diet method is meant to be done every day. So that, that can be hard to do as, as a lifestyle. But some people very, really like it. It's very minimalist. That's one method. Another method... Um, Brad Pilon popularized this, and this is just the most basic one. You don't eat one day out of the week. So you want some benefits of fasting? You want weight loss? You want you know positive health effects? Only eat six days out of a seven-day week. You have 24 hours to fast. That's it. You know, in regards to uh, you know fat loss during a fast, well, how much fat am I going to lose? It depends on the other calorie days. If you're overeating six days out of the week and you're fasting for one day, you still have to count. You still have to control calories, guys. Again, fasting is not an excuse to eat like a you know a sumo wrestler and then 
oh, well, I fast on Sunday, so it's fine. No, you should eat normally if you want to lose body fat. You should you know, eat at maintenance, and then you fast one day out of the week. That's one advantage to having a 24-hour fast is that you can eat normally the other six days at maintenance level calories and then fast one day, and then you can drop body fat. It's going to take a while to lose lots of weight, but it will work very, very, very well, like literally almost you know, for forever. That's a very linear way to drop body fat over long periods of time. Fast for 20 hours, 24 hours, one day out of the week. Guaranteed, your body fat will drop and drop and drop and drop over time. And it doesn't mean you're going to waste away over time, but eventually you'll get down to a healthy level of body fat. Other questions that people have asked, uh, how dramatic is body fat loss from fasting? It's hard to say. Again, guys, this is not a measurable effect of, oh, I lost eight pounds. No, I mean, it might be that you lose a, you know, maybe a pound of fat from a 24-hour fast. Maybe if you're doing a 16-8 method, maybe you, you lose, you know, this is assuming you're overweight, maybe you'll lose, you know, 0.5% body fat, you know, over two weeks. You know, if you do it over a couple months, it adds up. There, there's no set amount of weight. It's, again, this, I mean, the question of itself, there's not going to be dramatic effects from just one day of fat loss. This is, this is compounding over time. You know, it's compounding over time. The whole reason, the whole purpose of fasting and making it part of your lifestyle is to take advantage of the long-term benefits, not to just hack your fat loss for a week or two weeks and then, oh, that's great, I'm done doing it. Uh, really good question, is fasting good for women? This is a mixed bag. So most of the fat, my fasting studies have been done pretty much with men. Women, just based upon my professional experience, tend not to handle fasting very well. Um, I don't know whether that's physiological. That I don't think it's physiological in the sense like, oh, women can't handle fasting. I think it's more psychological in nature since female relationship with food can be a very, very contentious issue. So if you're a female and you're thinking about fasting, um, it's not good, it's not bad. You'd have to try it for yourself. I would say if you try it, let's say you try doing like a 16-hour fast or a 20-hour fast. Let's, let's say... I, I, Let's say a 16 or 24-hour fast. So let's say you want to try it for a week or you want to try not eating for a day. If you're a female, I would consider I would suggest a 24-hour fast first and see how that goes. That could help you have a better relationship with food. If you want to try an intermittent fasting method, you know, where it's 16, you know, 8, you could, or you know, even 20 and 4 if you want to do that. But women's energy levels tend to be a little more sensitive than men. So I don't I, I cannot personally name any women that I know that have successfully pulled off the daily intermittent fasting lifestyle. I do know women that fast one day out of the week or have even fasted two days out of the week to lose body fat, but I don't know any women personally that use the intermittent everyday style. It's usually either twenty four hour method or you know, sometimes forty you know, two days out of the week, you know, for really accelerated body fat loss, but nothing, you know, no success beyond those two, you know, modes. Beyond those two methods. Let's see, more questions. Let's see, what else, what else, what else? I'm going to try to go through these. We've answered, I've answered a bunch of them pretty clearly. Let's see. Uh, so this gentleman, so I don't want to do a huge fast, but I still want to incorporate my daily routine. How could I do so? Uh, again, the, the minimum of time to see benefits, guys, is like 16 hours. But if you're only going to do that one day out of the week, I, there's no point to your bare off calorie controlling. I would lay this out to try and provide some clarity. I laid out sort of like four or five ways. You can do the daily method or you can do the weekly method. Trying to do a variable, well, this day, that day, alternating method, that's, that's called calorie cycling. That's not really fasting per se. I mean, there, there's like very infinite ways to calorie cycle. But if you're going to fast, do it daily with 16-8 or 20-4. That's the daily method. The other two options are weekly of a 24-hour fast. And if you have a lot of body fat to lose, you could do a two-day fast out of the week for periods of time. But two-day fasting, that might actually, after a while, make you lose too much weight. So those are your four methods. You got the daily method. You got the two daily methods. You got the two weekly methods. Everything else is really just going to be more calorie cycling. Uh, a really good question. What's the ideal amount of time to fast for, for someone that's never fasted ever? I would recommend 24 hours. That will 
get you over the mental hurdle, that will get you through the mental barriers that you have, that will allow you to plan for it, that will allow you to assess how you feel, and then you can make a decision whether to incorporate your lifestyle from there on out. I wouldn't go more than that just because that's a long, you know, 36 hours that you're going to feel pretty lightheaded. Uh, the 48-hour fast I recently did, I fasted before so I can handle the effects, and I'm doing it for purposefully for fat loss, for people that have listened, you know, been reading the emails. I wouldn't recommend 48 hours just for someone that's never tried it. You, you would probably just feel like you want to lie down in bed and you know pass out for most of it. Um, you're not going to feel good. You, you might hit the point where you're like, oh, I feel mentally... You know, clear-headed, and uh, you know, I feel kind of a, you know, transcendent. But for eight hours, the first time, that's that's a successive, in my professional opinion. Twenty-four hours would be the de- best place to start. Um, in ter- terms of what's the best way to prepare for a fast? Best way to prepare, like I said, just have a fatty meal beforehand. There's no specific carb-protein-fat ratio. Guys, I mean, not to go on a tangent, the carb-protein-fat ratio, what's the best ratio? Fuck your ratios. Fuck that whole line of thinking. There is no such thing as as a perfect ratio. Well, what if it's 35, 31, 32.398? It doesn't goddamn matter. What matters is that you get the necessary nutrients that you need for that day, and whether it's 40, 30, 30, or 30, 40, 40, or 20... 60, 20, like, guys, do you get my point? Like, there's no set magic number to that shit. So your the meal before you have, before fasting, protein and fat, that keeps you full longer. Well, what's the exact ratio? I don't know. You could, could, could I have carbs? Of course you could. Just eat something that you're not going to be immediately hungry four hours later and be like, oh man, I want in my fast. I should have done this. Eat something that makes you full. With that said, how do you break a fast? Eat a normal-sized meal of food. So don't break a fast by eating eight, eight boxes of Girl Scout cookies. Wrong way to do it. You go right back to a normal eating schedule with a normal meal, whether that's fasting from lunch to lunch or breakfast to breakfast or during to dinner. Don't change anything. Just eat what you normally eat. Other questions. Let's see, I'm reading this right now. Can you fast just one meal a day, one or two times per week, and it provides... No. No, that, that, guys, if, if you're f- fasting is going long periods of time without eating, let's at least, like we said before, at least 16 hours. Skipping a meal is not fasting. That's just skipping a meal. So if you want to do that, great. That can actually help. That can totally help with weight loss and you know, you know hunger and you know and fat loss, whatever. But th- that's not fasting. The benefits of fasting really don't pop up until the 16 hour mark in terms of the actual physiological benefits where the body starts to change. Anything that's less than that, you're just not eating for most of the day. Or, you know, well, I, I didn't eat breakfast and I only had dinner. That, that, that's just poor energy management. That's poor time management. That, that's not fasting. So hopefully that, hopefully that clears that up for you guys. Other questions. I see. Can fasting drop body fat down? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We could. You know, we talked about that already. It's only, you know, fasting for... You know, 16, 8, 20, 20, 20, and 4, 24 hours fasting is a great way to drop body fat. Uh, the health differences between 24 and 48 hour fasts. So, this is a good question. If we fast for 24 hours, versus 36 versus 48, are there big differences? No, not really. It's just whether or not you can handle it. That, that's it. So, it's not like, you know, if you fast for 48 hours, oh man, I, I got three times my lifespan. No, it. If you don't eat for 48 hours, you don't eat for 48 hours. Yeah, growth hormone, you're going to have the growth hormone release. You're going to have the immune system benefits. You're going to have all the benefits we talked about. The biggest thing with fasting longer is it creates more of a calorie deficit. So if you want to fast for two days straight, yeah, you'll drop body fat from doing that. But it's not as if the health benefits were way you know amplified, so to speak. The, the only thing that really changes is the calorie deficit. So 24, 36, 48... I, like I said, start off at 24. If you want to fast for two days straight, you can, but you better have a good reason to. Let's see. This question's from Stefan. Oh, these are some good questions. What about water fast from three to 14 days long? You know, that, that's a whole different subject. Uh, almost, if you're going to not eat anything for three days to two weeks, I don't know how you're going to function in your daily life. I have no idea because flat out your energy is going to be effective and that, that is going to start to put you into a starvation mode after about a week. If you want to go do you know, an Ayusaka trip or go do a you know, medicine lodge, you know, 
spiritual journey or go out into the forest and not eat anything for three week for three days or a week or two weeks and see what you know your mental realizations are by all means do so but you know pr- professionally speaking as a health professional I can't recommend that at all it's because I w- w- what for I, I don't know what the benefits would be for somebody to fast for a week straight I know that you'll lose weight for sure I know that's not sustainable you can't be fasting one week out of the month every month so you know th- those things. That's more of like taking like a you know a spiritual journey, so to speak. Uh, you know, I'm sure there'll be some. I know for sure there'll be some health benefits too, but there's also going to be some negative effects. So if you want to try it, you know, a one week, two week fast, be my guest. But like I said, from a professional you know health perspective, there, there's nothing about that that's good. That I would say definitely go and do it uh, spiritually. Sure, it could be amazing, but. You know, physiologically, you're just you're starving yourself at that point. So let's see. Other you know, questions beyond that. Spiritual mindset benefits from fasting. Yeah, we kind of already just covered that. Mental clarity, mental focus. You know, detachment from appetite, more energy to focus on your priorities. Uh, what are the realistic potential upsides of fasting? We already covered that. So uh, most doctors simply say it creates an environment the last might heal itself. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah, that's physiologically that is what happens. Um, you know, can the average per- what can the average person expect to gain? I don't know. It depends on why you're doing it. Yeah, I mean, these are questions. This is a personal question this gentleman asked. But well, why should I fast? Why should you listen to this podcast? I have no idea. I assume that you're listening to this for some sense of education and perhaps to try something new that could improve your health, improve your lifestyle that you'd like to self-experiment. But you know, and what's an average person? Average compared to what? Now, all, all the information I share with you guys, it's, it's my professional perspective or personal perspective, and hopefully it helps you out. Whether you can make use of it or not, whether it's something you think is for you or not, that's totally upon you. So, I mean, this, that's, that's case-by-case specific. Fasting and sleep. I find that fasting disrupts my sleep pattern. I just lay in bed can't fall asleep. Is this normal? Um, it, yeah, I don't know the situation or details behind that. That was asked by Tim. If you're hungry and that's keeping you awake i totally understand that if you're fasting because you decide to skip dinner and i'm hungry i can't fall asleep well no kidding dude if you i would suggest fasting for 24 hours again same recommendation have your meal eat dinner let's say at eight let's say you're done eating at eight o'clock don't eat again until the next day at eight o'clock that way you fall asleep normally, you experience the benefits of fasting throughout the whole day, and then you, ha- you break your fast with, you know, let's say a late dinner. As far as, you know, fasting disrupting your sleep, that doesn't make sense to me really unless you're just are timing your fast in such a way that it's making you hungry. And that's easy to change because you can change the timing of when you are abstaining from eating. So, next question. Samantha, what's up, Sam? Uh, is fasting appropriate to jumpstart dieting or lean down? It can be. It definitely could be. Uh, I don't know if I'd start someone out with that, you know, always, but you know, case by case, if you want to start a diet by taking one day to fast, or you want to start the first month of your diet by fasting one day out of the week, and you know, following you know that that one day a week fasting uh, lifestyle, definitely, 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 that could be a very effective way to diet. No doubt, no no question. Could you incorporate fasting to a regular program? Yeah, you definitely could. Yeah, like I said, you could use fasting on an isocaloric diet with maintenance calories. You could use fasting on a hypocaloric diet for accelerated fat loss. You could even use fasting in a muscle massing phase, you know, one day out of the week to give your appetite and give your digestion, uh, give your digestive system a break from eating. So, so fasting, you know, a 24-hour fast can be a part of really any kind of eating lifestyle or any, any kind of training lifestyle. The only time I, I might say no is, let's say, like intermittent 16 and 8 fasting, I don't know how effective that is really for muscle gains. You know, from a physiological standpoint, I wouldn't suggest that method. I would suggest a 24-hour method maybe. But there are people that do intermittent fast and do make definite lean gains. So, yeah, I, I guess it would be more so finding what works for you. The, the problem with, with 16-8 fasting is not that that method is bad. It's that a lot of people find it difficult to this to get all the food in that's necessary for muscle growth. Um, this in regards to protein intake. So, you know, you, you really have to be on top of your eating in that regard. So, but, you know, to answer the overall question, yeah, fasting can, can be a part of anyone's regular lifestyle, regardless of what their, you know, primary intention for training and eating is. 
That's the next question about fasting. Books to read about fasting. Um, so there's a, there's a few books that exist. Um, one good book that I mentioned was The Obesity Code by Dr. Jason Fong. That covers a lot of how fasting can benefit people that are overweight. Um, another good book, which I might just write my own at this point, but another book that talks about fasting, specifically the 24-hour uh, fasting you know, method, Eat, Stop, Eat. That's a really good book where he talks about the same benefits, all the things, same things I've talked about. And you could read that. Um, I know the Lean Gains website, their forums have a lot of information on fasting, which you can go there. Another resource, which is on my website, this is by uh, Bojan Kostaveski uh, or Kovaleski. I think it's yeah, I think it's Kovaleski. But uh, my friend, Doctor Bojan, he wrote a very good article on intermittent fasting. You can check out that resource. And you know, there's another book. I'm trying to think. Was that the one I recommended yesterday? Oh, the Johnny Bowden. Um, book they recommended that provides a big overview on the history of fasting, how it's been used uh, throughout history. It goes into the health benefits. Um, someone made the point that the book doesn't have a lot of actionable, actionable information. That book's more so like you know the information on you know what fasting is and how it works. You know the situational stuff with fasting. That that's what I'm going to cover, which I think I'll put together in my little ebook of like, well, what about this situation? What about this? What about this? We've talked about a whole bunch of different situations already, but overall, those are the books I recommend. If you want to learn more about it and you know learn everything that you can, so I believe that's all the questions. Let me see if I've missed any. I know this has been a long podcast. Let's see. Let's this last question. I practice intermittent fasting. Awesome. Let's see. And this question was: Does it make sense that exercise after twelve hours of no food will draw energy from fat stores and improve reduction of abdominal fat? Yeah. So, guys. So. I'm not going to rehash this gentleman's questions. In particular, this is Rob. Yeah, so so Robert, anytime you're fat, you've been fasting, and then you go to exercise, your body's going to be burning body fat as a fuel source. The caveat with that, the condition with that, is if you are going to fast, then go exercise, end your fast right after exercising, and have a meal of food. So definitely. And then this, this next question, uh, I support the recent science ident- identifying fructose as a primary diet menace. So I am limiting sugar except in fruit. Do you agree? No, 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 I don't agree. Um, guys, so this, this is nothing about fasting, but with sugar, I don't encourage people to eat tons of sugar, but sugar in itself, it doesn't make you unhealthy. It's the amount of it. If you want to control your sugar intake by eliminating table sugar and sugar and foods and just have fruit, that's a great way to do it. But don't say sugar in itself is horrible for you. Too much sugar is bad, but too much of anything is bad. So that really comes down to dosing. And, you know, this how you and your behaviors and lifestyle, it's not because of any one food being, you know, evil. Um, and the irony of I'm, I am eliminating sugar except in fruit. Fruit has a lot of fructose in it. That's why fructose is called fructose, because it's found in fruit. So you're kind of contradicting yourself there. All right, guys, I think that's everybody's questions. If there's anything I haven't covered and you listen to this whole thing, I know I've been going on a while now, let me know. I will... Put it into the ebook, which I'm going to end up having to write since this podcast is probably like 45. I think the podcast is an hour now. So I'll put this into a transcript and organize it for you guys. But thank you for listening for this long. I'll talk to you guys again and good luck.